The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Scouting Combine. I know I haven't put out a show uh, in a while. It's been really, really busy, but we have a lot of great content for you today as we lead up to the 2023 NFL Draft for tomorrow. Today joining me is 3 Archer Carry Alfredo Artiaga. Alf, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, it's it's uh, Draft Eve. Merry Draft Eve. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. And before we get to all of this, there's a lot of rumors circling about Miami overall really, really liking two running backs. One running back in the draft and one running back that currently wears purple in Minnesota. Let's go ahead and start off start off with the the Dalvin, the Dalvin Cook news. So uh, a friend of mine, Thor, who's who's been on the show, has uh some information which he said that there's an AFC team that has set up some trade parameters with Dalvin Cook post June 1st. And it leads almost every single person to believe. And I mean, Dalvin Cook has said it that, you know, he would like to come home as well, that it's the Miami Dolphins. Could it happen, Alf? Or is it wishful thinking? No, I think it could absolutely happen. And I would go as far as to say that they probably have a favorable trade scenario for the draft, during the draft, to get Dalvin Cook. But if he were to be cut post June 1st, I would expect Miami to be first in line and first to sign him. Uh, I would be pretty certain about that. Okay. And now the other report about Mike McDaniel. Really, really, really liking Jameer Gibbs. And, you know, if there's opportunity to trade up in the first round or maybe in the early second to get Jameer Gibbs, do you think they pull the trigger? I think if it gets anywhere near near 51, I think it's way too much smoke, right? Like, this can't be lies. These, these all can't be lies. Um, I think that they probably made the the estimation, and if you think about it, it kind of makes so, it makes so much sense. Uh, Mike Shanahan for years didn't use premium backs until he did, right? He traded for Christian McCaffrey. Who's the closest thing to Christian McCaffrey in this draft? It's Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. So it stands to reason that maybe there's a small little evolution in the philosophy and they want that, that special back. And in my opinion, Jameer Gibbs is that guy. Short of uh, B. John Robinson, which you can't get because you can't get near him. Jameer Gibbs as a fit to this, to this, this uh, this offensive system and this offense with the quarterback and these two wide receivers, it's hard to argue. It's a spectacular fit. 
But are they going to have to move into the 20s? If they, if, to move into the 20s, you're going to have to give up a future pick. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to start touching what's what's in the kitty for 2024 because those are team-building tools that they're going to need because part of – and this is a good problem to have, okay? And the problem is that – the other problem is that we're always also always on Twitter and everybody's – all they do is complain 24-7. But Chris Greer has built a pretty damn good roster here. And part of the problem with building a very good roster is that it begins to become expensive and you have to start making very, very tough decisions, like possibly not re-signing Zach Sealer next season. So you got to supplement those guys with premium picks. If you start trading all your first and second round picks, even going forward, you're not going to have the ammunition to replace guys as good as, as Zach Sealer. Right. So... I think if it's kind of close and there's a fear, like let's say Jamar Gibbs drops to in the 40s, like the early 40s, and you have to move up 10 spots, I could see them digging into their reserves to move up there. But to get into like the top 30, like in the, to the 20s in the first round, man, I, don't, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how they do it. All right, well, let's go ahead and get straight into – this uh, mock draft, and you know, thank you for the information on Jameer Gibbs and Dalvin Cook. So, for this mock draft, Alpha and I have chose our players for our picks. Um, now, this mock draft will be round one and round two, but only up to pick 51 for the Miami Dolphins. Before we get to pick 51, we'll be talking about some potential fits, players that are available at that time, and we will make our selections right then and there. All right, Alf, we're going to start off with the top five. It is with the number one pick, the Carolina Panthers. If you're Carolina, I have my GM hat on. And this is literally me going against the grain of Vegas, the betting markets, everything that is coming up. I really do believe that Carolina will pick up CJ Stroud instead of Bryce Young. Now, the reason why I say it is because of head coach Frank Reich. He wants a prototypical quarterback for the scheme he'll bring to Carolina in his 2023 um, draft, especially with a first pick. So the quarterbacks he's played with is the quarterbacks he's coached is Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. Both are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". Mobile quarterbacks from Carson Wentz. Was there Nick Foles? Yeah, he could get the job done. C.J. Stroud is 6'4", and I believe 215, if I'm not mistaken, has a pretty- – didn't he, didn't he measure in a little shorter? Isn't he around 6'3 and change? He is 6'3", uh, 218. 6'3", okay. 6'3", 6'3", 6'3.5", and, and 200. Well, let me, just say, let me just say right off the bat, I understand that C.J. Stroud – scored that awful whatever S2 it was cognitive test yeah the the eight he scored an 18 i have my own little criteria and i'm gonna and i did this exercise before on a, on a three yards per carry podcast and i think we can spend a little bit of time here since it's the you know it's the first one right so you know it's the first pick so let me get my my criteria which i built off of uh what bill parcells said once uh-huh and I modified it a little bit, okay? As a checklist. Yeah, it's a chop. It's a checklist for a franchise quarterback. I'm bringing it up here, okay? All right, here it is. 
and it's a simple it's a simple checklist of ten things, okay. And I I run it through almost every every quarterback that's potentially going to be drafted to to try to you know if if I f- find two guys kind of similar, I compare them with this criteria. Uh, Tua Valo, by the way, scored seven out of ten, which is a very high score. Okay, uh, this is the criteria. Number one, success in high school and college, and that's uh, just production. Okay, check. Uh, championships in high school, college, at least regional titles and conference titles in college. Check, check. Height, NFL average or better. 6-2 is the average NFL height for an NFL quarterback. Check. Weight, NFL average. uh, That's three. Weight, NFL average or better is 210 pounds. That's check. Arm strength, average or better. That's five now. High school in these regions. California, Texas, Southeast, uh, the Southeast, Ohio, and the Pennsylvania area. Check again. Okay. No major injuries in college. This is important. No concussion history whatsoever in college. Check. Multiple seasons of above league average completion percentage. I, when I wrote this, it was 62%. It's up to 64.2%. Check. Uh, and as an addendum to that one, he has to have at least a two and a half to one TD to interception ratio in college. Check. I think he blew that out of the water, especially. Yeah. He has to be a team captain in college. Check. He has to have an award at the high school and college and- level, either all conference players of the week or have been a Heisman candidate. Check. CJ Stroud is the first guy that's ever scored 10 for 10 since I've been doing this, this checklist. In my opinion, he's the best uh, quarterback prospect in this class. If I had the number one pick, that would be my draft pick. But evidently, it's not going to be, or at least we don't think it's going to be. We are believing. Jay Glazer reported yesterday that Bryce Young is a lock at number one. Although we don't really know yet because they haven't confirmed it. But I tend to trust Jay Glazer. Remember, guys, the whole lead up to the draft is all smoke. Almost every single mock draft, even this one, is not 100% correct. It's not even 70% correct. Like, the most picks that people hit is 10 picks out of 30. And I haven't seen that happen recently in a while. This is all just predictive guessing at this point. So for your number one pick, Carolina picks who, Alf? Uh, Well, I tend to trust Jake Laser, so I'm going to say that Bryce Young is going to go right there. Okay. I go with CJ Stroud to Carolina. Now, number two is Houston. So, in your mock, you have Bryce Young already to mm-hmm. Carolina. Now, this gets a little bit difficult for Houston because Houston was is all over Bryce Young, but they won an extra game leading them to get the number two pick instead of Chicago, right? And Chicago traded back from the number one pick, and Carolina went up. So, what does Houston do? Hmm. I've, th- I've given this a lot of thought. I think I know that in, in on our show on Three Arts for Carry, I mocked Will Levis here, but oh. I mocked him here as kind of a reach because uh, I think that they really wanted Bryce Young. So I'm, th- I'm wondering, you know, where does Nick Casario go as far as who is his QB2 on his board? And I came up with Will Levis for a few factors, but namely because of uh, previous draft history. Right, but I I think that they might 
actually go through with it and pass on a quarterback altogether. But and it might take Will, Will Anderson. But I'm going to stay true to what I said on the three yards per carry podcast. I think that they take Will Levis here at number two. Oh, wow. Will Levis making a gigantic, gigantic leap. And honestly, I don't know if you saw that Reddit post that there was apparently some inside sources saying that the Panthers and Texans were really, really like Will Levis. said Levis jumped up to be the number two wick, number two pick from plus 400 to plus 4,000 odds. And that was absolutely insane to me how that happened. But if I'm Houston and C.J. Stroud is the first quarterback taken, I mean, the connections are just too great for Bryce Young to not be selected by Houston. Nick Casario wants him. Houston wants him. D'Amico Ryans has uh, spoke highly uh, of Bryce Young. He's, he's done it all at the highest level, and he's not concerned at his size. So he literally takes your Bill Parcell list that main factor of height, and tells you to shove it up your butt, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is odd because Nick Casario is—he's—he's uh, he's from that uh, that school, you know. He's from that school of thought, as well. And I—I I mean, he doesn't fit your typical mold of your typical, you know, NFL passer. He's reminiscent of a, another quarterback, um, like Kyler Murray, who's done it at that same level. He was taken high with other elite traits at the quarterback position as well. And honestly, if the Carolina Panthers do take Bryce Young, uh, the Texans are definitely not going to take C.J. Stroud just because of the connections he has with his own agent. He has It's David Mangaletta is representing him, who also represents Deshaun Watson. And that did not go well with that Houston Texans organization. So number three is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they're kind of the wild card right now. What do you think the Detroit Lions will do, Alf? I'm sorry. What do you think uh, the Arizona Cardinals will do? Well, I, I made I made I made this one really really simple. They have a need at the position. Uh-huh. It's extremely likely that he is the BPA. Mm-hmm. They committed to Kyler Murray. They take Will Anderson right here, and that's who I have in my mock at number three. So you don't think they'll take what Kyler Murray wants in uh, Paris Johnson Jr.? No. Not at all. No. No. I believe I, I believe they still have DJ Humphreys under contract there also. So Okay. You know, that's that's pretty high to be taking a right tackle. You know, although yeah. he eventually will be a left tackle in the pros, but you know, they have an expensive left tackle already. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually have Arizona trading back to recoup more picks with the Detroit Lions themselves. Now, I honestly think this will make the biggest headlines in the draft if this actually happens. I mean, yeah, we know Jared Goff has done well with the Lions last year. But having, you know, Richardson in this Lions offense, even though they're down um, Jameson Williams for six games, they lost another wide receiver. They still have pretty good weapons and a good offensive line that would set up the Lions for success uh, in the future. I'm sorry, it's not Jameson is it Jamison Williams that they have? Yeah, Jamo. They have Jamison Williams. They have Jamison Williams, and you know yeah, he's, he's, up, he's up for uh, six what games. It? Yeah, six games for sure. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not in this division. The Chicago Bears are at least a year to two years away from contending. The Vikings have a really old team, and they may ship off Dalvin Cook. 
They're down Adam Thielen. They have a newly revamped defense with barely any corners. Go get a franchise-changing quarterback that can change your franchise and put you at the top of the NFC North and put you in playoff contention for years to come. I mean, he's going to learn from offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. The technicality should get better for him. I, I don't expect him to start um, his rookie season, maybe get some reps, get some snaps him if he is drafted in Detroit. But, like, he's still got a lot to learn. And I think you want to bank on that size and that athleticism. I mean, he's he's getting Josh Allen comparisons. You know, if you want a guy like Josh Allen, he's the most similar. Hmm. No, I, I still have Will Anderson. So I guess we're moving to – so you made a trade with your pick. Yeah, I made a trade with that pick. Yeah, I'm not making any any trades on in my mind. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run them like kind of straight, which moves us to pick four. And I think here's where it makes just way too much sense. And I think this is where CJ Stroud ends up with. He ends up with the Colts here at number four, and I think it's a great pick for them. Okay. And CJ Stroud, I have the Colts picking up a quarterback as well, but it's Mayo loving. QB Will Levis uh, from Kentucky. You know, he, he's been making waves in this draft process. I mean, the scouts, NFL media, they're raving about him playing in a pro-style offense at Kentucky. Shane Steiton has done well with Justin Herbert, with Jalen Hurts as well. He's worked with many, many different type of quarterbacks, but nobody has experience as Will Levis in a pro-style offense. Like, he's got a lot of tools to work with, athleticism. And, you know, he's done it with – you know, barely any run game, a bad offensive line, and subpar wide receivers in the SEC against SEC defenses. I mean, I don't know how much more of a resume, you know, you know he'll need to be convinced to not be taken in the top five. Um, I think the Colts pull the trigger and pick up Will Levis. All right, number five is the Seattle Seahawks. I have a... I, I can go first if you like. Yeah, go ahead. They, they have a great, great cornerback in Tariq Woolen. I think uh-huh. they'll want to they'll want to pair him with the best one in this draft. Ooh. I got Devin Witherspoon going here at number five. Number five. You think? Do you think that's high for a corner to go at number five? No, nah, it's happened before. Jalen Ramsey went in, whoa, whoa, in, the, right. in, in the top five. So, you know, um, Sauce went where? Well, Jalen Ramsey was – he was actually a safety. Uh, he was a safety slash nickel. Um, he wasn't a true corner corner at that time. Yeah, but remember what he calls himself. He calls himself a defensive a back. A defensive back. Sauce? I think he went four as well. Yeah, so so it, it, it's there. It happens. It's there. Wow. Devon Witherspoon. That's yeah. at number five with Tariq Woolen. I have them – I actually have the Seahawks picking up Jalen Carter. Now, I get the background issues with it, but he's also he's exactly what the Seahawks need. Like they need a absolute dog, a monster in the middle of their defensive line. I mean, you pair him up with Dremont Jones, Jerron Reed. It's another step in revamping their front four. And, you know, they will get back to playing championship caliber defense. Like you still have, you know, a lot of good defensive linemen um, on the board and you pick up the best one and you still have more picks um, in the first round to pick up another corner. Here, Anthony's saying Sauce Gardner was drafted number six. Let's make sure that's true. 
Toss Gardner. Sauce Gardner was pick four, actually. He was pick four. All right. We did pick five. So we're moving out of the top five, and we go to picks six through ten. Now, this is where the draft gets very, very volatile. Now, number six is Detroit's pick. I have them trading with Arizona, and I have Arizona picking up Will Anderson. I have Detroit. I have Detroit staying put and taking Jalen Carter here. Mm. Uh, I think it makes way too much sense for that defense. And they have a screaming need, especially if you look at that depth chart on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. They have almost nothing, nothing. in the interior. Nothing. So Jalen Carter makes perfect sense. Anthony's saying if the Seahawks draft a corner pair up with Tyreek Woolen, it's going to be Joey Porter, not Devon Witherspoon. Mm, we shall see. We, we, it's, but, it's all know, about- I'm going to stay true. I'm going to stay true to my board. I think Devin Witherspoon is the clear cut cornerback mm-hmm. one in this draft. Mm-hmm. So I would take Devin Witherspoon, and his physicality will, will, will go really, really nice with with Tariq Woolen on the other side. Number seven. Uh, number seven is the Raiders. You know, with and two- this is where I think Josh Josh McDaniel says, "Okay, we got lucky here. We played the board." Perfectly, mm-hmm. and I'm taking Anthony, Anthony Richardson here. All right, to be Jimmy my quarterback of the future. Jimmy mm-hmm. G is their QB right now, but you're saying they pick up the quarterback of the future and Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is not ready to start NFL games this coming season, mm-hmm. so it stands to reason this is a perfect spot for him. Mm-hmm. With a guy who's very good at handling quarterbacks, you know, it's it's a perfect match, really. Wow. Perfect fit fits like a glove. You know, I go in the other direction. I go with offensive line over here. I have Paris Johnson going over there. Really nice prototype at offensive tackle size, length, quickness. Um, you know, the Raiders lost a lot of offensive line talent last year and this year. You know, Colton Miller is their left tackle uh, for now. And Johnson really has only played one year at left tackle. He's also versatile enough to play right guard and he can play right tackle. But he's also the best run blocker uh, in this draft, and if he does play the right guard position or right tackle, he's basically you know paving the way for Josh Jacobs. Like it's going to become a run heavy uh, team, a staple of Josh McDaniels, um, with a subpar to mid quarterback and leaning on the run game. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Atlanta. I think they go pass rush here. I have them with yeah, Tyree Wilson. I yeah. think Tyree Wilson. Tyree is Wilson is perfect right here, and that's who I would I would mock to them. Wow, we have one similar pick right there, just one. Pick number eight with Tyree Wilson to Atlanta. Number nine, Paris Johnson, and it's a match made in heaven. Really, again, it's another one of these perfect matches, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Paris Johnson and the Bears, perfect fit. Justin Fields gets his left tackle going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Peter Skronsky from Northwestern. Now, look, he doesn't necessarily fit the mold for offensive tackle, left tackle, or right tackle, but they are in desperate need of any and all offensive linemen to protect uh, Justin Fields. I mean, does arm length matter, like, a lot? Yes, maybe, depends on the scheme, but, I mean, he's the best offensive lineman. Over there, like I, I, I don't think that they would not go with an offensive line pick. I uh, think it's entirely possible that Skronowski is going to be a Pro Bowler for the next ten years, but he's going to be a Pro Bowler at guard. At guard, uh, 
the people that are comparing him to Zach Martin, I absolutely see it. And that's kind of how I see him going forward. I have him going a little bit. I have him actually perfectly slated somewhere that I'll reveal very, very soon. But, and when I say it, you, you're going to put it together, you're going to be like, okay, this, this begins to make a lot of sense, you know? But yeah, I think that's Zach Martin, you know, it's, he's a fabulous player at tackle. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And it's not something I would want to see actually. Now, number 10, Philadelphia. Now this is a, this is very hard, hard to see what Howie Roseman is actually going to do. He can trade back. He can get, you know, top value on the board. Um, it really depends on what the Eagles are going to do, but I think they stay put and pick up a running back in Bijan Robinson. And I mean, that's that's who I have going to them as well. Bijan Robinson here at two. 10. Okay, so yeah, it made a lot of sense. I thought about maybe Joey Porter Jr. here for them, uh, which would be a, a fabulous pick for them as well because they need cornerback help. Uh-huh. But I think, man, they're gonna look at the they're gonna look at the board, and they don't have a very reliable RB one right now. in Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny is really more suited for RB two anyway, right. because he just can't stay healthy. Man, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna also take the next evolution in their offensive system, and they're gonna take a bell cow and Bijan yeah. Robinson. I mean, analytics be damned, right? I mean, he rules, yeah. and they're still trying to surround uh, Jalen Hurts with more talent. I mean, Jalen Hurts said it himself you know well we're trying to build a team to make a championship run and you know to make another run at the super bowl i mean you have to use hertz's gravity that he uses with his legs not necessarily his arm and how he passes the ball but more so with his legs and it puts every single defender in a bind do you cover the best running back or do you cover a quarterback that can become a threat when he runs as well similar to lamar jackson Mm-hmm. All right, number 11, the Tennessee Titans. I've been picking up an offensive lineman in George's Broderick Jones. I mean, they lost a lot of veteran offensive linemen in free agency. They need to get younger up front, especially with uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry getting all, older. I have them picking up Darnell Wright. Ooh. Um, I think Darnell Wright breaks into the league as a right tackle. I think he eventually will move to left tackle and be there for 10, 12 years. Uh, I love the player. He, he has some character red flags, but I don't think they're a big deal. Uh, basically, his character red flags is that he has Twitter fingers, and and he's bad. <laughs> he's bad on the internet. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, not I like think, Isaiah Prince, though, right? And it's also no, and and it's also a perfect mix. Yeah, he's a perfect match again. I, I keep matching these guys how they would be perfect matches to for their teams. Yeah, he went to the University of Tennessee. He'll play for the Tennessee Titans. I think it's. It's a perfect match. Darnell Wright to Tennessee. Hometown guy gets it. Now Houston, number 12. I'm going to pick it up the wide receiver. Th- this is where I'm going to put something out. Wizard. Okay. Uh, I gave them a quarterback here. Okay. They, they got Will Levis in the second round. Obviously, you got to protect The second him. pick, you mean? The yeah, the 12? second pick. I gave them Will Levis, right? So they got a quarterback. Obviously, they have to protect them, right? They already have book and tackles. Okay, uh-huh. they have Larry Tunsil, best left tackle in football, maybe, and Titus Howard, who is probably one of the better up and coming right tackles. He's going to get a big contract in a year. They also signed Shaq Mason. Okay, they signed Scott Quisenberry at center. 
I think they take Skronansky here, and you have yourself a monster offensive line. A monster offensive line where you can you can run, you could you could protect your. They have Damian Pierce in their backfield. Yeah, so think about what you're already building right here. You know, and if you want your wide receivers, you could get them later on, and they got picks in this draft. So absolutely, you'll have now a pretty good off. Think about that offensive line across the board. You have Tunsil, Skronansky, Quisenberry, Shaq Mason, Titus Howard. That's a top five offensive line already for a rebuilding team. Yeah. I love the pick for them, and that's that. If I were in their in their draft room and Skronansky's on the board, like you'd be pounding the table. Yeah, I can't. I can't run to the podium fast enough. I think he's just perfect for that team. Perfect. I have I have the best wide receiver in this year's class, and Ohio State's Jackson Smith Jigba in Houston. He's not super fast, exceptional route runner, creates separation, gets downfield, and if he's paired up with Bryce Young as his quarterback, and when John Mechie the third comes back, I mean, hey, he'll have a young nucleus of playmakers. Now, this comes into a discussion of. Do you go for the old guard, build the offensive line, you have big dudes, you go crazy, or do you go for skill position players? Or do you just go all in for your playmakers, like what Mike McDaniel has been hinting at for the last couple weeks, Alf? Hmm. What it's will a, Houston's brain trust do? You know, I, well, I already said what I, I had them going for right here, but you know, going forward, I think in the in future in the in the future rounds in this draft, I think you fill out the those skill position needs. Uh, you know, they don't have any wide receivers, but th- they have the skeleton already. If they take Skronansky, of a mm-hmm. pretty good offensive line, they have a good running back. You know, you could build those skill positions later, and you know, it's an attractive franchise to bring in free agents as well in the future. So. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be taking wide receivers really, really high if I were them. Okay. Number 13, this was the Jets pick up until was it yesterday or the or yeah, yesterday. Night? Up until yesterday. Yeah. And they I think did. that that trade yesterday cost the Jets the guy that they wanted. I think the the, the Packers will take Jackson Smith Jeeva here. Ooh. And I think they that that's, where, that's where the Jets were probably Ryan. going to go with that pick. No longer, uh, they'll take they'll take Jackson Smith Jiba here, and uh, and they'll give Jordan Love Jordan Love a little bit more help. Feels weird and, not not having Rodgers as the quarterback in Green Bay. Yeah, feels weird to not say that. Yeah, that now it just means that they're going to have to start helping their quarterback a little bit more. A little bit more, and they haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round in how God knows how long. Right. Yeah. I, I I don't have them with the receiver. I actually have them picking up defensive lineman edge in Clemson's Miles Murphy. I I mean, there's rumors that they're really looking to select a pass rusher in this draft, and he's literally one of the best options on the board. Like the Packers go for size, length, and athleticism. He's got all of that of what Brian Gutenquist likes. He's explosive off the edge, but, you know, he needs to better his technique against the run. But they really need pass rush help. Even after – and they lost – I think they went down after Zadarius Smith left for Minnesota. 
So they, they, they need somebody to come off the edge for Green Bay. Number 14, New England. Uh, they have a desperate need on the offensive line. I got Broderick Jones going there, which okay. would make, I think, the third Georgia offensive lineman that they, 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 they take in the first round in like the last five years. <laughs> so, so yeah, hopefully this one works out. Well, not really. Hopefully this one busts out as well. But uh, for them, hopefully this time it doesn't bust out like the other two did. So Broderick Jones here. I have I have them going with another Georgia player. I have them going another edge rusher and Nolan Smith. Now, do you draft for need or do you draft BPA? That is always the question for everybody. If you're drafting for need, you may be selling yourself short. And this is exactly what I have Bill Belichick doing as the general manager of the New England Patriots. I mean, that this guy cannot draft for the last five, six years. But he picks up a pass rusher in Nolan Smith. I mean, they don't have a lot of pass rushers under contract beyond 2023 and Matthew Judon and 2021 draft pick Ronnie Perkins. He's an athletic freak. He's comparable to Hassan Reddick. He can move all along, you know, the front seven as well. And this is the type of player Bill Belichick just oozes over. And I think he has a hard-on for him and selects him just because he needs him as well. All right, number 15, stinking New York Jets after they got uh, that ayahuasca-loving freak. <laughs> uh, the way I see it, okay, the way I see it, they desperately need help at tackle now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And... I love this player, but I think this is a massive reach. But I think they're going to just have to do it, and that's Anton Harrison, tackle out of Oklahoma. Hey. This is a guy that should have gone, that should go somewhere in the twenties. They're going to have to take him at fifteen out of necessity, because this is a team that actually does need the draft based on need in this first round. So look, I was not waiting on the Aaron Rodgers saga at all, and you're right, the Jets need help at their tackle position. But guess who's on the board with a paper-thin tackle roster? Darnell Wright from Tennessee. I think he goes to the New York Jets. He's the best right tackle. Well, he's the best tackle on the board for them, and he slides right into right tackle uh, pretty nicely. Fits the system, fits the scheme. And I know you hate the fit, but he's going to be really, really good anywhere you put him. All right, number 16, the uh, Ron Rivera, Washington Commanders. What do you have? They have an MO already on that team. They love defense linemen early. They love edge rushers early. Uh, They just announced today that they will not pick up the fifth-year option on Chase Young. He will be a free agent, which means they better start getting uh, a guy that could get after the quarterback, right? Nolan Smith is what we'll have going here. I have them, you know, they really need a cornerback, and – the best cornerback on the board right now is Devon Witherspoon, and they pick him. He offers position flexibility, even though you know he's he he played in a similar system as the Commanders' defense, so he wouldn't have that uh, bad of a learning curve. And we know playing defensive back in the NFL is already hard as it is. Just ask Noah Igbenogany; he'll tell you all about it. And like that learning curve would be minimal 
as Illinois ran a similar style in 2022. He can mirror man coverage, tough demeanor. He's got the ball skills. He doesn't necessarily have the size or sticks downfield, but, I mean, he'll make something work in Washington. All right, 17 is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steel City. I also have them picking up a defensive back. I have them picking up cornerback Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. He's one of the many corners that the Steelers have brought in for a draft visit. They also need secondary help. 6'2", 200 pounds, super athletic. He's an ideal size to match up with the bigger, with the bigger and stronger receivers uh, at the NFL level, especially in, the, in, in a hyper-competitive AFC. Yeah, when I did my my mock, uh, I put certain guys like I even jump picks, uh, just you know, just looking like okay, these guys don't need a corner, and that guy doesn't need a corner, and this one doesn't need a corner. So I just started placing guys where I think they will go, and that was the one that that's one of the ones that I did first. Actually, I'll tell you exactly because I have them in in order. The first guy I placed with somebody was Peter Skronansky with uh, with the Texans. The second guy I placed was Christian Gonzalez with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, absolutely perfect pick here at 17. We have three of the same pick so far. Yeah, three same, three of the same. Three same. Number I don't 18. know if that's good or bad. What if we hit the same picks as well? <laughs> yeah, right? Number 18, Detroit Lions. This I mean, one's the- a no-brainer, and they're going to run up the card there uh, immediately, if not sooner. If you look at that team, it's a talented team on offense. Not so talented on defense, but you could begin to get those bookends going. Are you thinking what I'm thinking too? Miles Murphy here from Clemson to go opposite of Aiden Hutchinson makes a ton of sense. I have them going corner here. It's a possibility. They need one. I mean, the run on corners is starting right now, and they bolstered this defense with a bloodline prospect and Joey Porter Jr., you know, especially after the trade. Of Jeffrey Okuda, you know they love they level up in the secondary with his versi- versatility. You know he can play slide, he can play nickel, he can pay, play um, boundary, he can play the field side. I mean, he can fill in anywhere he's needed, and he's a good schematic fit for for Detroit. Number nineteen. Number nineteen is uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay Buccaneers. I think that they'll take the best skill player probably on the board right now. And that's Dalton Kincaid. I think they take oh, Dalton Kincaid tight here. End. And it's the first tight end that goes, and he goes at 19 oh. to Tampa Bay. Is that usually early for a tight end in your in, in your opinion? I think it's just about right, but it has to be the right guy. And I think Dalton Kincaid is that right guy. Uh, they don't need much on offense. They're going to look around, and they're going to say, man, are we going to play on the edges of looking for a guard or possibly a, a new center since Ryan Jensen's getting up there in age. They're going to say, you know what, well, let's fill out the, this, these skill position players. We kind of like the talent everywhere else. Tampa Bay's not a hopeless team. They just lost Tom Brady. Uh-huh. But they're not a hopeless team. They had a lot of injuries last year. They have, they still have a lot of talent on defense and offense. They have nothing at tight end. I think they started, they started Ooh, right here. Something Schefter just tweeted out. Have to share this. While Houston hasn't received much trade action so far for the number two pick, the Texans have explored the idea of moving off their second first-round pick, the number 12 overall selection per sources. Texans have made calls about moving back in round one and also moving back up. Hmm. 
So Casario's winning and dealing, trying to get uh, as many picks as possible. This won't pertain to the Dolphins because Dolphins don't have the ammunition to move up there, <laughs> you know, in, in a million years. They don't have they don't have enough. Not at all. So on the topic of the Buccaneers, I think they pick up a safety. They pick up Brian Branch from Alabama. And I, th- this is more so a Todd Bowles kind of thing. He, he needs a thumper. He needs a tackler in that defense and someone who can wear multiple hats while doing it. You know, I think Brian Branch is that player. You know, he's a do-it-all defender with good instincts and coverage, has speed, that's a blitzer. And, you know, they need a nickel defender and someone who has the ability to also switch to safety if needed be. You know, they had a lot of injuries in the defensive backfield as well. Somebody that can wear multiple hats like Brian Branch fits for Todd Bowles and this defense. Number 20. Number twenty. Uh, this is one of my favorite players in in the draft, <laughs> and uh, I did a, a two on three up. I see really, really early on. I absolutely love this player, Kalaja Kansi. I have going here to Seattle. I think he completes that front that front seven for the Seahawks. Seahawks are getting really, really, really good in this draft. If if you especially look on on defense. Uh, I have them taking seven Devon Witherspoon number five and now Kalaja Kansi. That's a huge boost for what was an undermanned defense last year. That's two very very talented pieces. I I love the player and I love the fit here in Seattle. Kalaja Kansi. Wow. So I have this is this is actually a little bit crazy, <coughs> right? I I have the Cincinnati Bengals trading up with Seattle with this pick. To pick up Dalton Kincaid at number 20. Now, this is a pretty shocking trade to pull, pull off, especially for a tight end, but we all know how deep this tight end class is, and it's absolutely loaded. And Dalton Kincaid is the best pass catching tight end there is to help bring more firepower to an electric Bengals offense. You need more playmakers. You need more playmakers in the AFC to make a run, uh, you know, at a, winning the championship and the Super Bowl. Just ask anybody who's played the Chiefs. 21, Los Angeles Chargers. Are they picking quarterback, Alf, here? Thing that, that some people do where they're looking at phones. I'm actually reading some, some stuff right now. You got to speak a little bit louder. Okay. You know how some of those – some insiders actually start looking at their phone uh, like while they're doing things and then, you know, uh, and like try to – Take notes as they're doing something else. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm reading some things. Uh, so tell us, Alf Schefter. Uh, okay, it's not. It's not. It has nothing to do with this. Oh wow. Okay, it has something to do. It has something to do with dolphins, but I can't. I can't reveal it right now. All right. All right. So we are at 21, right? And we're at number 21. That's the Los it Angeles It can't Chargers. get any better for the Chargers. This board has really, really opened up for them. The Chargers always do well in the first round of the draft. They get whoever they And they're going to do want. even better now because I'm giving them Joey Porter Jr. Whoa. And this is an You impact. think he falls that low? You think yes. he falls that low? Yes. Why? Uh, well, it's the, it's the way I mocked it. You know? okay. It's not like I'm, I'm giving people the that only is, that reason to have. That is not a good reason. That is not a good reason as to why. Yeah, the if why he drops you 21, it, there's an issue. Uh, he drops it because other teams take other people. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I only really built in one reach 
in this entire first round so far. And that's Anton Harrison to the Jets. And that's because the Jets have to draft for need. So that's the only reach I have so far. Every other guy I think is capable of, of that spot. Every year there's a guy that drops for no apparent reason and a team is lucky to take him. And I have Joy Porter Jr. going to the Chargers at 21. I absolutely love him. At one point I had him as CB1. Uh, I ended up making Devin Witherspoon my CB1. CB1. But I have Joey Porter as my CB2, actually. Although right. I do like Deontay Banks, which you will hear about very, very shortly. We will. We will. We're going to go lightning from picks 21 to 31 as we want to get into the second round as well. I have the big enough Quentin Johnson. They need an, a, another receiver. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't getting any younger. And he fits all seven molds of athletic testing in height, weight, arm length, 10 cone, shuttle drill. Everything he fits, everything that the Chargers are looking for in a wide receiver. Another weapon for Justin Herbert's 22 Baltimore. This is where I have Deontay Banks going. I and do Deontay- too. That's what four players, <laughs> yeah, that's four. So Deontay Banks here to Baltimore, uh, perfect fit. He's even perfect. He's fit already, in yeah, yeah, first of all, he's from Maryland, so you know, it's it's all he has to do is take a car ride, okay, to the facility. So, yeah, he's a perfect fit. Deontay Banks, great tackler. One of my favorite prospects in this draft this year. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's actually my CB3. Let me see. I have him as my CB3 because I have Christian Gonzalez CB4. So, yeah. Uh, Deontay Banks here to 22. Another gift. For I have the, number 23. Number 23 in Minnesota. I have them picking up a wide receiver in Zayfly. I have Jordan Addison going here. We Minnesota. go wide receiver, but different wide receiver. Yeah, I got Jordan Anderson going here to Minnesota. He should be a perfect fit opposite of, of, of Jefferson. So, yeah, Minnesota gets a little help for, for Kirk Cousins as uh-huh. they're not having the greatest of offseason so far. No, they're not. 24 is the Jaguars. I have them picking up Kalaji Kansi. They have a void in, the, in, in, the, in their interior defensive line. And, man, that is a young, raw, but very, very good defensive line for the Jaguars. That's a great pick. Uh, I have them taking Brian Branch here. I think Brian Branch is that captain of their defense that they're going to need. And I think he's a perfect fit. I think that's where he goes. 25. I have the Giants picking up uh, wide receiver Jordan and uh, Jordan Addison. Play with Kenny Pickett. Play with Caleb Williams. Now he's playing with Daniel Jones. Uh, he's a refined route runner, lined up in the slot, more around the field. Giants get another playmaker to help their uh, $40 million a year quarterback. I got um, Quentin Johnson going here. Uh, They're going to need a wide receiver, and we have pretty much the same reasoning. Uh, I think he's a good fit for for New York and for the type of offense that they want to run, physical guy. Uh, Quentin Johnson to the Giants. 26, another NFC East team, Dallas Cowboys. I have them going defensive line, Brian Brucey. Now, this goes against the grain of what the Cowboys always do in the first round. They're all about flashy players in offense. And I feel like tight end is safe. Like they could go Michael Meyer right here, but they really do have pressing needs at defensive tackle. You want to build strength on top of strength. You go defense, you get somebody to plug holes for Michael Parsons and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Brian Brucey does just that. Uh, I know people are tempted to say, oh, here's here's where they'll take their tight end. No, uh, Cowboys love what they have on the roster already at tight end, even though they lost Dalton Schultz, okay? The reason they let Dalton Schultz go is because they liked what they had already in their 
in their depth chart. So they love their tight ends. So they will not take Michael Meyer here. I got them taking Lucas Van Ness here, uh, another edge rusher. Uh, he'll help on that defense. Demarcus Lawrence will be gone in a year. So it stands to reason this is a pretty good pick for them. Lucas Van Ness at 26 to Dallas. I have uh, I have Lucas Van Ness going at the next pick to the Buffalo Bills. The recent draft history suggests uh, they draft defense, and he learns the tools of the trade between Daquan Jones and Oliver Von Miller. Von Miller is getting old. I don't expect him to stay any longer in Buffalo. Uh, their defense is built from the inside out, and you know he's that rugged pass rusher of Lucas Van Ness. He fits the he fits the culture. Like they need more pass rushers. I got the Bills uh, turning over a new leaf and doing something that they didn't expect to do before. And I have them taking Zay Flowers here oh. to pair with Stephon Diggs or possibly to replace Stephon Diggs in a year. So, yeah, Zay Flowers here uh, at 27. I feel good about it. For, Man, Flowers, Flowers in the AFC East. Oh, God, that is going to be so and I think And I think Bills fans will be pretty happy about that too. Yeah, I think they will be. 28 is a Cincinnati Bengals pick. I had them trading with Seattle on this one, so you go first with Cincinnati. Uh, Michael Meyer here. Uh, I understand that they they picked up a, a tight end. Uh, was it Irv Smith that they picked up? Uh, yeah, they did. They signed him to like a okay. pretty like very low one point five. If you're signing Irv Smith very late in free agency, you still don't have a tight end. They lost Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. so they're weak at the position. They get to get what a lot of people thought was going to be the best tight end on the board. Michael Mayer here goes to the Cincinnati Bengals, and they'll be yep. really happy about it. Another team that had the board open up for them and. You know, would allow them to take a guy at need who is probably also their BPA. So, Michael Meyer at 28. I have uh, with this pick, you know, the Seahawks and uh, Bengals basically, uh, you know, traded over here. I have them getting a really, really good value in this draft. One of the best offensive linemen uh, still available on the board. You know, they form a young offensive line that provides a long, a long term fixture at guard. They, they pick up Florida's, uh, Osiris Torrance. I mean, you can't go wrong with him over there. 29, New Orleans Saints. Have the picking up defensive line. Uh, they Smith. need it. They don't have anything yeah. on that defensive line. I go with Maisie Smith. I mean, I think he's a top 15 player, but this is great value. Like, he's he's going to plug up holes. He's a fantastic run defender, and they were atrocious uh, against the run last year. I haven't taken Will McDonald the fourth. So, Ooh, you know, uh, and that'll give them that'll give them a, a pretty good uh, bookends to go with uh-huh. nothing else on the defensive line because I don't have anything. So it's a start. It's a uh-huh. start having two good defensive ends. So Will McDonald at 29 so- at 30 at 30 is where, man, this 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 draft can't get any better for the Eagles. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't take them here because I like somebody else better. I like DJ Turner better. I think they'll take Emmanuel Forbes at cornerback here at 30. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes? Yes. He's a perfect fit as far as all skills and everything for Philadelphia. That's who I have going at this pick. I don't like him. I feel that is a gigantic reach. This feels like a Noah Igbenogany pick right, right there, in my opinion. Who do you like better, Cam Smith or DJ Turner? Uh, me personally, I like Cam Smith better than DJ Turner. At thirty, uh, I wouldn't pick Cam Smith at thirty. 
Okay, I wouldn't because I have my, my cornerback. I have my cornerbacks matched up right here at 30 as DJ Turner, Cam Smith, and then Emmanuel Forbes. I have the, the Eagles taking my CB3 at here, right here at 30, at Emmanuel Forbes. I have them picking up Anton Harrison. Which Howie Roseman loves sooner prospects. Well, this First is a great pick. Although, but do they, they, they need more offensive line? Like, like uh-huh. you know, don't they're they have enough already? They're, they're going to build it. They're going to protect Jalen. 31, Kansas City. I have them pick it up tight end, Michael Meyer. That is going to be a deadly 12 personnel set for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a much deadlier offense. Uh, Felix Anuki Azuma. For, oh, K-State edge rusher. Yes, I have them going to, which is odd, you know, but different states, by the way. Uh, Kansas yeah, City is. is in Missouri. Kansas State is in Kansas. So it's, yeah, it's don't, different. Don't be, like, uh, but, don't be like the former president. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I pick number 32. We know the Dodgers. Uh, the Steelers. The Steelers get lucky, and they take and they take one of my favorite players in this draft as well, Mazzy Smith. Uh-huh. Uh, and they pair him with Cam Harriward in what is going to be a different defensive front this year. Great uh-huh. pick. I have them picking up uh, an offensive lineman in Dewan Jones. They need tackle help. They got to protect Kenny Pickett. They have to protect Kenny Pickett. Number thirty-three is the Houston Texans. I have them picking up Will McDonald from Iowa State. They need help on defense. The Mika Ryan's needs edge rushers for the Texans. Uh, this is uh, DJ Turner here, and it's and it's essentially DJ Turner because, in my opinion, on my board. He is the BPA at this spot, so I just assigned him to to the Texans, and they need uh, they need that secondary help. So uh-huh. I just gave him my, my BPA at thirty three. Uh, Texans are having a monster draft on my mock board. Thirty four Arizona. They need cornerback help. The guy who fits here in Arizona is your CB three Emmanuel Forbes in Arizona. All right, I got them taking Osiris Torrance. They need help on the interior offensive line. Uh-huh. Uh, this is it's kind of a need pick, but at 34, it makes sense, especially when your quarterback needs to be clean up the middle. Uh, Osiris Torrance helps with that. 35, Indianapolis. They pick up Cam Smith from South Carolina. They need defensive back. He'll help Rocky Asin. I believe he's a free agent next year, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. He's gonna get a monster. Uh, he's gonna get a monster contract by either Indianapolis. Or somebody else, they need cornerback help. They need a CB1, a CB2, maybe another slot corner. And the next year, Cam Smith's their guy. They build for the future on the secondary with him. Hmm. I gave the Colts here at 35, Jalen Hyatt. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. hear me out. They already have Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that other guy. I keep forgetting his name, but he's a, he came on last year as a slot receiver. What do they lack? They lack, they lack an explosive. Um, I'll give you his name. He came on toward the end of the year last year. Alec Pierce? No, no. Alec Pierce. He was drafted. Alec Pierce. He was drafted. Pierce. All that they picked up as far as a speed element for the outside is Isaiah McKenzie. That is not enough. Like if that's if that's your feature for the entire offseason as a speed element, then you essentially ignored speed on your on your offense. They need speed. Makes sense right here, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he's probably the best deep route runner in the entire class. Some people think that Jalen Hyatt. You think Jalen Hyatt's the best route runner in this class? He, I think he might be the best 
route uh, deep route oh, in this class okay okay and like i said uh, some people think that that's the only route that he runs because it's the only thing that you see on his film but uh i like jalen hyatt a lot i think at 35 it's a very very safe pick he's going to be able to do one thing really really well he's going to be able to take the top off of defense and that's exactly what the colts need at 35 at 36 i like to announce the pick okay go ahead you, we've seen an evolution at thinking as far as what the Shanahan McVeigh kind of system. Oh my God, is. you're gonna pick him, aren't you, over here? And this is where it continues, okay? And I think at this point, Mike McDaniel has given Chris Greer a look. Chris Greer has looked back, and they've had a conversation. And Chris Greer has told them they asked us for our first round pick next year for to get into this pick. And we and I'm not gonna give up our first rounder next year and 84 to get pick 36, so you can just get Jameer Gibbs. So we're just gonna have to let Sean McVay go up to the podium and take Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs goes to Ooh. the Rams at 36. Oh, I have them going wide receiver in Josh Downs from North Carolina. I wasn't thinking like that, but I, I... I think they go wide receiver here. here. Uh, they're rebuilding, man. Like, they're definitely rebuilding. Like, I, I don't expect them to pick a running back that high. They're, re- they're in rebuild mode. They need to get cash off that team. Cooper Cup may become a casualty in the next year or two. They get younger with Josh Downs. All right, I could uh, I could give you thirty seven as well. Another really really good player on this in this draft. One of my favorites as well, John Michael Schmidt. Oh, uh, Schmidt goes here to Seattle. Uh, it's now, does he play center or guard? Does he play? Uh, center I think I think they'll play him at center. Okay, uh, they could possibly play him at guard to start because I think Seattle has somebody there already who's, who's capable. Yeah. But uh, you know he'll be there for a very long time. So you center. you would you would take for example if you're John Schneider, you would take. John Michael Schmitz over Steve Avila. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. With this pick, I have them picking up Tank Dell from Houston. Uh, they need somebody that can, you know, run like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is not getting any younger. He may be gone, be gone in a year. You need somebody that can complement DK Metcalf. You need a good route runner. You need a separator. You need somebody with more speed. Tank Dell. Hmm. 38. Pick 38 is the Raiders. DeWan Jones. I got Avila. Okay. They they keep going offensive line to protect Jimmy G and uh, help, help out in the run game. Now, pick 39. Uh, <laughs> pick 39 is the Panthers here. And they partner DJ Turner up with J.C. Horn. Those two guys on the perimeter, athletic you know, guys that could play press is that is going to be a sight to see um, in Carolina, especially with those two defensive backs there. I haven't taken Josh Downs because they need a wide receiver, and I don't have him taking one yet. So I got Josh Downs going to Carolina. Okay, number forty is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, uh, in my board, uh, I was I was set up one guy to drop big. And this guy, I, I made him probably drop about six spots more than I than I wanted him to, because I think that some of those teams are just going to look at him and say, "Look, this is BPA. I got to take him." This is where I, I put Brian Breezy to the New Orleans at forty. 
I think he's more likely going to go in around the 32 range. Mm-hmm. So I think he would go where I gave Mazzie Smith to the Steelers. But I think Mazzie Smith is a better fit for the Steelers than Brian Breezy is. So that's the only thing. I just have him flip-flopped. So Brian Breezy at 40 to the Saints in my big dropper in this draft. I have Felix Anudiku uh, Zoma here. They need edge. They pair him up with Mazzie Smith. They have young guys on the defensive line that can play two to three downs each. Uh, pick 41 is the Tennessee Titans. I've been picking up Jalen Hyatt. They need speed. <laughs> they need a wide receiver as well. Like they, If they have the blocking up front to get down the field, it's going to be Hyatt. Like he's going to get open, especially in the AFC South with no good corners there. I got Cam Smith here, finally. Okay. Okay. So. 42 is Green Bay. Now, pick 42, I have them picking up Matthew Bergeron. Now, hear me out. They do have almost 13 offensive linemen on this roster. Four of them are starter-worthy. Now, you build this, you have to build an offensive line, especially in Green Bay with the way, um, what's the head coach's name? Oh, my God, why am I blanking out? LaFleur. LaFleur. With the way he uses, you know, the run game and the blocking, uh, just the blocking techniques and the blocking scheme itself. Bergeron slides nicely into guard. Now, he doesn't have the arm length to, to play uh, tackle. He doesn't have the anchor what to play tackle really well, especially left tackle, but you slide him to guard. Like he's a really good run blocker. You have that set. You have your offensive line set for Aaron Jones and also for Jordan Love. Hmm. I have Dolphin fans gro- uh, grounding, uh, groaning right here at 42 as the Packers take Darnell Washington. Ooh. So, yes, another one off the board. The, um, and at 43, me. I guess I can announce that uh, the Jets are going to get a guy that can play almost everywhere on the offensive line. Another knee pick, but they need it. They don't have anything up there. Uh, Cody Mock at 43 oh. to the Jets, I think, makes a lot of sense. He could play anywhere on the interior, and they'll find a spot for him. Probably at left guard, mm-hmm. possibly a right guard. I don't know where they're going to play. Um, you would have Darnell Wright and Cody Mock on the right side. Uh, well, the Jets, I have Anton Harrison playing on the left side, Mekhi uh, Becton at right tackle. Okay. And then I guess, what's that guy's name? I always forget his name. Uh, but they took him a couple of years ago, and they converted him. Uh, he's in here. Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay, mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker at right guard. Lakin Tomlinson is at left left guard. Uh, Max Mitchell gets bounced out. Mekhi Becton moves to right tackle. Anton Harrison to left tackle. And this is where Cody Mock uh, slides right in at right guard. So I like this pick for them. And he gives them a lot of versatility and kind of completes that offensive line. Like like right there, you built the entire offensive line. You're looking at it and you're like, this is pretty good. Like we like what we have here. I have them picking a linebacker in Trent Simpson. They need a linebacker help. C.J. Mosley is, yeah. They need defensive help. As well, I mean, Robert Sala would probably want a guy like Trent Simpson to play Sam, to play Will, to rush the passer, to be in coverage as well. Like, you can have a great offense, but if that offense isn't putting up p- 
points, especially in the AFC East with pretty good defenses, uh, you're, you're selling yourself short right there. Like you, you need to be able to stop the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Those two are high-powered offenses. You need to be able to stop them. So they pick up a, a linebacker in Trent Simpson. 44 is the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think they do at 44? I think you see the quarterback here. I think Hennon Hooker to the really? Atlanta Falcons. And Desmond Ritter gets a little bit more competition, and they'll figure it out going forward. But I don't think I like Hennon Hooker here as a fit. I don't think they pick up quarterback. They're committed to Desmond Ritter. They've said it like multiple, multiple times. They are committed to Desmond Ritter. I have them picking up a wide receiver in Rashi Rice from SMU. So think about this Falcons receiving core. You have Kyle Pitts. He's what, six, four, six, five? Mm. Drake uh, London. Six, six, five. Yeah, six, five. Drake London, six, two, six, three. Rashi Rice, six, two. Runs fast as hell. Can block. You have a pretty good, you know, running game. They're like, who was their running back last year? I, I, for, I keep forgetting the names, but he was a fourth round running back. Uh, Tyler Allegier from BYU, seventh-round running back, actually, hit over 1,000 yards. You have guys on the perimeter that can block. You have guys on the perimeter that can catch anything that goes up in the air. (coughs) Ritter will be freaking drooling, and he'll have a fantastic supporting cast for him to be successful. I I think that would be a great pick, Uh, Rashi Rice to to the Atlanta Falcons. 45 Green Bay Packers. Now, I finally have them picking up a wide receiver. They pick up Cedric Tillman. He can block. He can run the routes. I think he's much better than Jalen Hyatt. In my opinion, he was a much better wide receiver. At Tennessee, he can run uh, all three routes on all three levels. And he blocks similarly to a tight end uh, as well. So I, I think Jordan Love will be okay in Green Bay. I outdrafted you here because you gave them Matthew Bergeron at 42, and this is where I'm giving giving them Matthew Bergeron at Bergeron at 45. And I think same reasons you gave. He's a perfect fit, great run blocker, perfect for the scheme. Man, uh, Green Bay at 42 taking Darnell Washington and taking Matthew Bergeron at 45, that's a <laughs> hell of a boost for that run game, right, for Jordan yeah. Love. Jordan Love is having a great draft. So Jordan far, Love is having a great draft for the both of us. Yes. For the both of us. 46 is New England. Now, this continues the wide receiver run. They take a sleeper wide receiver in uh, Michael Wilson from Stanford. He was a senior bowl, uh, senior bowl standout. Um, very, very underrated. Does isn't getting that much hype. Uh, they need another wide receiver to help Mac Jones or whoever else will be the quarterback. It's most likely going to be Billy Zappi next year. I have them doing the most predictable thing in my entire draft. Jack Campbell goes to the New England Patriots here and at that's... 46. <laughs> so it's BPA. It's a need. It's, it's the both. new defensive captain for Bill Belichick, Jack Campbell. And you see, I have Jack Campbell at 47 to the Washington Commanders. I mean, if he's here, Ron Rivera is – literally going to fly up to the board. Like he's literally 
the Ron Rivera type for linebacker. They need another linebacker to pair up uh, with um, who is that guy from Kentucky the, with uh, Jamin Davis, third year, third year guy. All right, we're getting close to the Dolphins, number forty-eight. That's the Detroit Lions. Well, no, yeah, you uh, you got forty-seven coming up right now. I, I I just did forty-seven with the Commanders. Okay, I, but you didn't yeah. get mine. Steve Avila. Okay, yeah. Goes to the the Commanders. Yeah, forty-seven. Yeah. Perfect fit. It's a need. Uh, he might even be their BPA. Steve Avila. Dang, if Steve Avila drops that far, makes me kind of think. I think he'll be. He might even be there at fifty-one. Yeah, it makes me think. Okay, uh, I'll give you. Uh, let me jump the gun on forty-eight because I'm going to make the Dolphin fans groan a little bit more here. Sam Laporta goes to Detroit here at forty-eight. Uh, a coach who used to be a tight end gets a tight end. They traded T.J. Hawkinson last year. They replaced T.J. Hawkinson with Sam Laporta a year later. Uh, perfect fit. <laughs> Another Iowa perfect, tight end. Yeah, perfect fit. Uh, perfect fit for that offense. It's a high-powered offense. Doesn't need very much on offense. I already gave them two defensive players in this draft. So maybe the offense needs to get a little bit of a touch-up. I think they get that touch-up with Sam Laporta at 48 to Detroit. At 48, they pick another corner in Julius Brents. 6'3", long arms, perfect complement to Joey Porter Jr. as well. Two hyper-aggressive corners. They may be a little bit touchy, but man... Detroit is going to be fucking nasty if this draft happens. Um, this is going to be good for Detroit. Like if they if they do something on that cusp of Julius Branch, Joey Porter Jr., and Anthony Richardson, they may they may be my favorite team in the in the NFC. Ah, number forty nine, Pittsburgh Blake Freeland. Steelers. Pretty simple for oh, me. It's a need. I actually like the player a lot. Now, here's the thing as far as Miami is concerned, because I've had a lot of people ask me about Blake Freeland. Some people don't like him. I do. Okay? I think he fits in Miami as right tackle. I think he fits in Miami. He fits in Miami perfectly. I don't understand uh, where people are getting some of this, oh, he's not strong enough stuff. Uh, as we posted today on OnlyFans and as Chris Kaufman, I think, posted on Twitter, he put a very long list of Top offensive lineman that lifted 225 less than 25 times. Blake Freeland threw up 225 25 times. There's a long list of Pro Bowl offensive linemen that did not reach 25. So that he's not strong enough, we don't believe it. I love him here for the Steelers. At 51, I'd be like, "Uh, okay, I guess it makes sense for Miami. At 84, in my opinion, it would be an absolute home. One for Miami to take Blake Freeland at 84. I think that that's his. I'm picking Blake Freeland in this draft at his very, 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 very ceiling. ceiling. Yeah, right at 49. Because I think that his sweet spot's going to be from 50 to where Miami picks at 84. That area right there is where he'll go. And if Miami really wants them, I think they might have to move up somewhere. If, if they take somebody else at 51 and they still want break Blake Freeland, I think they'll have to use 84 and something else to move up into the 60s or 70s to secure him because I think that's his sweet spot in this draft. I like the player. I think he's a good player. I think he's – and he and he fits 
Uh, he fits a need for the Steelers here. He would fit a need, obviously, for Miami, of course. So Blake Freeland at 49 to the Steelers. Big, strong guy. I have Cody Mock to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Fits anywhere. You can play uh, left guard, right guard. Maybe, maybe left tackle, but I think he's more so best suited uh, as guard. Steelers get more protection for Kenny Pickett, more protection for their run game as well. Pick 50. We're getting close to the Dolphins now. Pick 50 is the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, uh, like you said earlier in this draft, they need a little bit of safety help. I want to take the guy who's a little bit more suited to play with Antoine Winfield, and that's Antonio Johnson. Okay, from Texas A&M. Yeah, from Texas A&M. So Antonio Johnson here at 50. You you haven't selected Brian Branch anywhere, have you? Uh, Yeah, I took him earlier. Where? Uh, I got him in the first round at 24 to the Jaguars. Okay, so the Jaguars, yeah. Team captain. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Antonio Johnson. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of the safety class, but who am I to judge? I, oh, neither I, am I. I don't think it's a great safety class at all. Yeah. yeah. I thought that the Dolphins would pick up um like when they drafted Javon Holland, I thought that they would pick up the other guy from uh, TCU. Forgot who that safety was that year. I mean, I, I'm I'm very off on my safeties, but, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I have them picking up an edge rusher in Isaiah Foskey. Uh, they need edge help. Like, they need somebody that can rush the passer in the, in the NFC South. Like, they're going to have to go against Desmond Ritter. Maybe C.J. Stroud in Carolina. Maybe Bryce Young in Carolina. Who knows? Saints, they have Derek Carr. Like, you get him, you hit him two, three times, you're golden for the game. You get Isaiah Foskey, who has dropped a lot of value in the board, but I, I think I think you get him for a value pick at number fifty. Now, Alex, and, and, and now and now I got really gotta pat ourselves on the back. Wait, wait for fifty-one though. Yeah, I know we made it all the way to fifty-one, and we did it in only one hour and thirteen minutes. When I told you, we talked about this, and you, and you said, "What you know? What are your ideas for this mock draft we're gonna do?" And I said, "Well, you know, why don't we do a mock draft from one to fifty-one?" Uh huh. You know, why don't we do that? And we were thinking, man, this thing could go on for hours. No, it didn't. It went one hour and thirteen minutes because we prepared and now, our picks, right? And now we could actually, Talk you know, discuss. we could discuss for about seventeen minutes, make it a nice and tidy ninety-minute show. We got seventeen minutes to discuss what could happen at fifty-one. Okay, so now, let me. I already let me let me go first, and okay. then you could you could go last since it's your show <laughs> on. Three yards per carry. We are, we already did this. Okay, yeah. I didn't do it. We didn't do a mock draft, but we made our predictions. Okay, all our guys are still there. Okay, Chris Kaufman predicted it would be Tucker Craft at fifty-one. Simon Clancy and myself, we predicted it would be Keanu Benton, uh, mm. the defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. So I am not going to be one of these people that's going <laughs> to that's going to you know. Pick something on the on 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 a podcast, and then pick something else on YouTube and say, and then look for the one where he was right and say, "Look, you see, I was right." So I'm going to stick with my prediction. Cano Benton to the Miami Dolphins at 51, and we can discuss what else is on the board and what we we would be doing. But I think this fits fits a need going forward, uh-huh. and I think it helps the team right now. I think he plays. Close to 400 snaps for this team at a minimum. I think he plays 
all of the snaps that John Jenkins has left. Mm -hmm. And I think that he'll play anywhere from one shade all the way out to about four, maybe possibly three tech. Because I think think Christian Wilkins and Zach Cedar are going to play a lot of five tech this year. A lot of, uh, and if you look at the team, what do you really have on the interior? You're going to have Christian Wilkins and Zach Cedar part time. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have at edge the starters plus their backups, Malik Reed and, and Andrew Van Ginkle. And then the true ends are going to be Agba with Wilkins and Sealer. So, and those guys moonlighting inside, they're short one defensive lineman. I think the defensive lineman is Kano Benton. I think they take him here at 51. So, you got to look at who's still out the board for 51 for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you these options. This is how, this is how the board falls. You still have Darnell Washington. You have Jameer Gibbs. You have uh, you have Zach Charbonnet. I really like Charbonnet. You have Drew Sanders. You have center whoa, slash card. Well, you could already disqualify a bunch of people uh-huh. by the first two names you gave. <laughs> Darnell Washington and uh, Jameer Gibbs. I believe that's who the picks are. Uh, if you've gone back in, in history, I believe I'm pretty certain of this. And I have no information on this because I haven't researched it. Has Chris Greer taken a guy from Georgia every single year he's been a, he's been a GM? Let's see. Last year was who? Tyndall. He was from, from Georgia. Last year was Tyndall. Let's look at let's, let, let's look at this. Okay. I'm Chris pretty certain Greer, he's yes. taken a, 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 somebody from Georgia every single year. So I would say it's Darnell Washington, but, you know, on your list, man, I think Mike McDaniel jumps up and says, come on, man. We got lucky here. Take Jameer Gibbs. That's it. End of story. And, Call and it a day and let's You still have Keanu Benton up there. And you also have Jonathan Mingo also there. You yeah, have... but remember, it's, it's not what I want. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I what I think they'll do, you know? All right, so let's look at the first draft for Chris Greer about this Georgia stuff. 2017, it was Missouri and Charles Harris, Raekwon McMillan, Ohio State, Cordura Tank- Tankersley, Clemson, Isaac Asiata, Devon Gotchow, Vincent Taylor, Isaiah Ford. No. Okay, yeah, no but Georgia. remember, his, his first year in charge was the tank year, so it's 2019. Uh-huh. Okay, 2019, let's look at that. Wilkins from Clemson, Dieter from Wisconsin, AVG from also Wisconsin, uh, Isaiah Prince, uh, Isaiah, Pr- it's Isaiah Prince from Ohio State, Chandler Cox, Auburn, Miles Gaskin, Washington. That's the tank here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go back a little bit more? Twenty sixteen. You can go the year before. The year before that is the tank here. 2018 the, draft, right? Yeah, 2018 draft is the one that he was in charge, the first time that he was in charge of it all. What did he take? All right, 2018 NFL draft. Miami Dolphins. Okay. He had nobody from Georgia. He had Minka. He had Mike Isecki, um, Jerome Baker, and Durham Smythe. Literally only two of those guys are still there. You had Kalen Balaj, Cornell Armstrong, and Quentin Poling. Then Jason Sanders in that draft. Hmm. 2020, you did not. You had Solomon Kinley from Georgia. Okay, that's one. That's one. 20, what was it? 
2021 was Waddle, Phillips, Holland, Eichenberg, Long, Coleman, Dokes. No Georgia player. Okay. 2022 was Tyndall. Okay, so he's taking two out of the last three. On, off, on, off. Yeah, on, off, on, off, on, off. Um, If your board – well, you can make your pick right now uh, if you want. But I think if your board is what happens, I think they take Jameer Gibbs. I would, I would damn near, I would guarantee it. I, I do take Jameer Gibbs in this, in this mock, especially if he falls to fifty-one, which is a dream scenario. But I don't think that's how it's gonna go. To be honest, like some team would be dumb enough to not pick Jameer Gibbs. But here's my concern, right? Like if we do pick up Jameer Gibbs. You have a decent run-blocking team, but if you are going to ask Jameer Gibbs, 5'9", like he's, he's kind of small. He's shifty. He's fast. Yes, we get it. But if you're asking him to be the bell cow, you will not be successful. Do I think they'll they'll have a bell cow uh, system? I, I don't think so, but with Mike McDaniel, I get he's a run-game guru. It's going to be very pass-heavy, but how many snaps is Gibbs going to play? Is he going to be a true number one running back for the next three, four years? And is it worth investing this high of a pick and running back? Then I get to, okay, you have an athletic freak in Darnell Washington. He can block the hell out of people. I mean, yes, he needs to build a much stronger base, to play in line um, to handle those heavy and fast edge rushers on the right side of the line. But can he be fast enough to catch passes? Like he's big for sure. He's big, but can he be fast enough? Can he separate? Does he fit what the dolphins are looking for from a tight end on the pass catching aspect of it? We talk about Mike Kosecki Like we know he was not a fit, but for the routes that Mike Gusecki was running, I know you and I had to talk talk about it. Can Darnell Washington do that? Can he find that soft spot in the zone, in the intermediate uh, points of the field? Like, are you going to have a six, seven guy just be like, "Hey, I'm a big target, throw it to me"? You don't think the the linebackers are going to play over there? You don't think the safeties are going to like come down? Like, obviously, it opens up for Tyreek and Waddle, but how many deep shots are you going to take a game? A lot of it, a lot of this, as far as a tight end is concerned, and this is where you can begin to start mocking tight ends to the Dolphins. You got to look for the guys that can run routes with timing, okay? Because what's important in the system is how you route, run your routes and with what timing you run them with. Because it's imperative that when Tyreek Hill is running a 14-yard dig, that your tight end be at eight yards on the button hook. And he has to be in the right spot, okay? Because if he runs it at 10, if he runs it at 9, he's giving depth to the linebackers, and he's essentially throwing picks for his quarterback, you know? And I know people, some people that are like laymen and they don't, you know, they don't follow football too much, they're going to be like, wait a minute, how does a tight end throw an interception for your quarterback? Very simple. You're, move, you're moving safeties to where your quarterback wants to go with the football. It's as simple as that. That's, that's one thing that, too. 
Yeah, it's one thing I don't like about I didn't like about Mike Gusecki in this system. He was he was bad at, at at timing with our wide receivers. So you know, can Darnell Washington do that? Who are the guys that can do that in this draft? I think Tucker Craft can. I know Sam Laporta can. So those are I think if both are on the board, man, I think they had to have a conversation, right, about what they want to do with the offense this year. So. Yeah, it's it's a great point. It's a great point on Darnell Washington. I just love the talent, and we know he can run block. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and you know what? And what my partner on the podcast says, you know, if you don't like him at tight end, man, he's your right tackle in a year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> convert him attack, convert him to tackle. This can he play tackle. right tackle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In a year, absolutely, he can he can play tackle in this league. Dang, he's gonna have to bulk up big time then. It's 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 nothing. It's the NFL. He's six seven. Have you seen his frame? He can yeah. hold it. Okay. He's, it's it's about tw- it's about twenty five pounds that he has to work he with. Can add on. He's 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 got the flat. He, he he's got some space for it. But playmakers, playmakers, playmakers. It's very hard to say no to Jameer Gibbs, especially on the passing element of this offense. Like he could be your number three wide receiver if you really want him to. He can run the slants. The Texas out of the backfield, you get the two run, like you get Raheem Mostert on the left side, Jameer Gibbs on the right side. You have the both out catching passes. You have your outlet. You have Waddle. You have Hill. Whoever the heck your tight end is, you have Durham. You you have Smythe running an RPO flat. Like you got options. Just let Tua pick who he wants. I guess. Absolutely. One minute, twenty five seconds. That's where we're at. <laughs> well, uh, well, one hour, 25, 25 minutes. Yeah, one hour, uh, 25. One yeah, hour, the way my board sh- uh, shook up, man, if you wanted a running back, man, they're all there. Zach Charbonnet, I like. Uh, <sighs> Devin A-Chain, Tyson Spears. All of those guys are, Dwayne are capable McBride. here at 51. Oh. You know, people are really sleeping on Dwayne McBride. Like, have you seen his explosiveness rate? That's literally top three in this NFL class. He's 6'2". He's ran the ball a lot at UAB. He's been successful at it he's i gotta look at his rushing yards over expected but the leader in rushing yards over expected which is a good indicator it is is a very good indicator of performance in this league the best running back that does that is zach sharpening oh yeah oh no that's 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 without a doubt i'll tell you one thing the way that my board shook out luke musgrave is still on the board yep a lot of Dolphin fans will look at it like, okay, just take Luke Musgrave, please. He's don't. mocked a lot to the Dolphins as well. Uh, please don't. That's Mike Kosecki 2.0. We already had Luke Musgrave, and we let him go. Let's <laughs> okay. look at let's look at grinding the mock real quick. I know we're gonna we're, we're gonna go and go to grinding the mock real quick. They've they've been really good at this shit. They've been really good at this shit. Expected draft position. Let's look at player charts. Let's look at draft positional charts. Let me see if I can share this real quick. Uh, okay. 2023, we're looking at tight end, for example, right? This is from the 25th, from from yesterday. Look at where Darnell Washington is. Look where Luke Musgrave is. That's literally right in the Dolphins' range. Right in the Dolphins' range. You take a look at running back. Uh, 
you don't have a chance at Jameer Gibbs so far. Mm. You don't have a chance at Gibbs so far. Go ahead and take a look at you want to tackle? Top guys will be gone. You want a guard? A left guard? Maybe a Vila. Maybe a Vila. But now let's look at ESPN's analytics right here. You go ahead and you take a look at the pick for Miami at 51. Look who's there. You got Zach Pickens. Zach Pickens is a fantastic defensive line prospect. His get-off is one of the best in this class. Like, if you want a defensive lineman to be, you know, at your core on that front four, you know, to potentially replace a guy like Raekwon Davis, a guy like Zach Sealer, Zach Pickens is there. For 80%, you have Dewan Jones over, like, around 80%. You have Jonathan Mingo, 82 83%. Now, the chance each player is taken at pick 51, you have Bergeron, Sam Laporta, Steve Avila, Trent Simpson, Jack Campbell's way down there. Darnell Washington is right here. Less than a 3% chance to be taken. Listen, man, mock drafts are great, but how how does a team prepare for something like this, something so intense where you have four picks? As a challenge, as a challenge. They could also scattershot the whole the whole thing by taking fifty one and trying to monetize it for a couple of first, a couple of um, picks, top one hundred picks. So. You know, which is something I think they they might consider doing if the board doesn't shake out how they want it to. Yeah. Oh, all right, folks. One hour, thirty minutes. We did it. Pat yourself on the back, Alf. By the way, have you? I made my prediction on my podcast that's going to be Cano Benton. Do you have I'm a prediction dead. that what's going to happen at fifty-one? We know who they visited. We know everybody they've spoken to. Mm-hmm. They've spoken to a lot of running backs. They have, you know, uh, Devin A. Chain, Taji Spears have, have has been spoken to as of late. Sam Laporta took a craft. So, what do you have happening at? 51? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the tight end over here. I think, I think they're gonna go to craft at fifty one. So, so you're essentially you with Chris Kaufman. Man, there's there's a lot of consensus here. Okay, you and Chris are with Tucker Craft. Me and Simon are with Keanu Benton. Chris, I I don't think nobody's really seen it, but Chris and I have pretty similar, pretty similar tastes in prospects. If you haven't noticed by now, and I wonder where Jonathan Mingo ends up. I think he's going to go to the Chargers in the second round. Oh, that'd be awful if that happens. <laughs> you know, I think he's going to be a really nice player. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys in this draft, one of my favorite prospects. Uh, I love to see him in Miami. Uh, we just don't have the picks. We don't have enough picks. No. You know, because he's, uh, he's probably a luxury at 51. At 84, you have no chance. Yeah. He's a, you can think, uh, who, who, who is, you can thank Bruce Beal for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because right. they could have they could have been able to take 23 that, and monetized it for a future one and a second. Maybe. Or they could have taken B. John Robinson and we would have been perfect. Yeah, exactly. Although no, I think B. John Robinson goes to 10. I'm yeah. If if I'm gonna call one guy to one place, it's gonna be B. Well, besides the obvious Bryce Young to Carolina to open up the draft. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and say that B. John Robinson ends up with the, the, the Eagles at 10. I'm pretty sure about that one. I I think it's gonna be CJ Stroud. I'm sticking with my guns on this one. But before you guys leave, make sure you stick with us here on Five Reasons Sports, especially here on the YouTube channel for the pregame show. Stick with us on play get playback as we look forward to the Heat doing a gentleman sweep, finishing the job in Milwaukee. Hopefully. They get it done tomorrow, Thursday. It's draft day. I think we may possibly have a draft day stream throughout the first round. I may pop in for a little bit. We're going to have most of the Dolphins crew here as well. We're going to have Alf. We're going to have me. We're going to have Lewis. We'll have Dono, maybe even Troy Stratford as well. Uh, Just look forward to us here. Draft night. Maybe the Dolphins trade up to 20 in the 20s and pick up Jameer Gibson. Maybe they do that. Who knows? As always, y'all, fins up. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.